This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Three with Matthew Crawford and Dr. Jessica Rose. And for everybody wondering why that emphasis, uh, anyone that listens to this podcast knows Tommy's rule, where if I don't know... I will automatically assume someone's a doctor and I'll call them a doctor because if they are not a doctor, they'll just be flattered. And if they are a doctor and I don't call them a doctor, <clears throat> they'll be upset and didn't sleep all that last night. And and Dr. Rose popped in and I said, Miss Rose, how are you? And she goes, doctor. And I was like, God, the one time, the one, t- like the one time you roll through the stop sign, it's just whoop, whoop. And there's a cop right there. And you're like, mother. <laughs> but. And I put my face right up to the uh, camera when I said doctor. it. Doctor. Doctor, and she chastised me. Um, Doctor, doctor, and I was like. <laughs> so then I called. And I called Matthew. I said, Doctor Crawford. He goes, Would you call me Matthew? And then Doctor Rose comes back afterwards. He goes, I oh, just call me Jessica. So I don't know. My whole. I, I, I legitimately, I, I legitimately don't have a degree. So you know. Yeah, I barely have a biology degree, dude. I'm, I'm just, you know, I just have a camera. Then it makes it look like I know what I'm doing. But Doctor yeah, yeah, Rose, have, I, I don't have a bachelor's degree. Who cares, man? I know. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, who gives a shit? It, that means nothing. I'm more respectful of someone who's been deplatformed from social media than I am <laughs> someone with a degree. To me, that says, I'm like, oh, you're thinking. Dr. Rose. Yeah, I could talk to you for two hours about why no one should go the academic route after going the academic route. So I would say, unless you are literally going to become a doctor of medicine or an engineer, I, I don't. Yeah, but nobody that. should do that anymore. No, 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 no one should. It would just let it all collapse. Dr. Rose, introduce yourself, please. Okay. Tell them a little um, bit about yourself. I, uh, I'm a Canadian researcher. Uh, I, I am, I suppose, an academic. I started uh, uh, my university type learning in mathematics and then moved on to immunology and then moved on to computational biology. And then I did a couple more postdocs in biochemistry, molecular biology. So I have, you know, some background in everything that has always revolved around mathematics or data analysis. So I'm, I'm kind of involved in this freedom fighting movement of late uh, because I, I took an interest in analyzing the VAERS data, which is the vaccine adverse event reporting system data of the states and it was just kind of an accident. I, I wanted to teach myself how to use R, which is a statistical programming language. And so I chose this data set because based on my background and what I was seeing, I was like, wow, that data set's going to become really interesting. And it did. Yeah. That's me. And I'm a surfer. And a surfer in Canada. Fascinating. No, I, I'm in Israel. I thought you said you're a Canadian. All right, I guess you can be Canadian. I am. Good Lord, this is the importance of sleep is so that I am on point. <laughs> I'm like, I thought, I didn't. I have no excuse. I didn't sleep either. <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm, as I said, I'm dog watching two beautiful little puppies that don't like to sleep. And they're lucky. They're so cute. Matthew, introduce oh. yourself, man. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Matthew. Uh, I, I don't have a degree. Uh, I'm I, 
I, I'm sort of a wandering statistician. Um, that, that's the easiest way I describe myself, but that's not really true. Um, I say that because uh, I spent some time um, working as an actuary, and then I went to Wall Street and did quantitative trading there. And uh, before all that, I did um, you know, summer of work in statistical genetics. And um, then I went into, uh, then I was an education entrepreneur. And, and then somehow I came back to trading when Bitcoin became this, this big global thing. So you two coming together to analyze the VAERS data, and I've been looking at it and kind of been every Friday holding up the camera or holding up the phone to the camera and doing a podcast about it. I believe I checked it yesterday with Dr. Malone on here. If I can recall from memory, let me pull it up. I think it's 23,704 deaths, and we'll see how good my memory is. 24,402. Not good at all at deaths, but for all future yeah. listeners, today is Wednesday, March second, twenty twenty-two. So, <laughs> deaths are tough. Uh, you know, you don't know how many people that's out of. Yeah. But yeah, it's easier to focus on the domestic set. Sure. Okay. So yeah, we can pull that up, um, which is in there. Where are we now, Jessica? Eleven thousand. I think so. Uh, over twelve. Um, I'm just rerunning my code because I I actually count spontaneous abortions. Uh, fetal deaths. I, I count a bunch of things that most people don't when I count deaths. So a, I, I'm actually at 27,000 deaths all, all told, but the domestic data is showing 16,000 now, 165. Yeah, for U.S. territories unknown, I have 11,104 deaths with 1,641 miscarriages. And then all of theirs, I have 24,402 deaths with 4,142 miscarriages. And then the one right. I, I can't ever leave out just because it's so absurd, it's 44,512 permanently disabled, which to me is just another insane. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, and that number is getting really big, really fast lately. But Matthew, I don't know if you noticed in the last four weeks, uh, the, the, the rate has increased, like for all of the adverse event reports, like it went like in the last four weeks. The log jam has been released. Oh god. Uh, it's either it's either the log jam or it's the log jam and more reporting. But what I, does I don't the distribution look like? Like are, are are a lot of the reports like months old? Uh actually that's a good question. I didn't look yet. Uh, I I'm backed up. So yeah, I have to check that because yeah, I, I have a little program that I run to, to check that because I did it before in a paper. In the meantime, but... Tommy, I'll, I'll tell you one of the really horrible things about VAERS, which is that they never update an original report. So, yeah. you know, whether we say there are 12,000 deaths or 16,000 deaths, depending on how you want to count them, um, the answer could be 40,000, 60,000. Because a lot of those people who are terribly injured um, may have died. And even if they didn't, even if the report was updated, they won't share that update with you. That's right. Could you could you say that again? I, I don't I don't entirely understand what you mean. There's never an original report. What is that? Well, there's, there is an original report, but they don't share updates. So let's say that a doctor enters a report. Oh, and says, oh. I have a patient who had a uh, you know went uh, went into cardiac arrest, was resuscitated, um, but you don't know whether or not they died three days later. Oh, so Even if the report is updated, and, and there are a lot of reports that say things like expected to die. Yeah. Okay, so everything on so like every for every report that says myocarditis or pericarditis, we don't know. Is that just myocarditis, pericarditis? Did they die three days later? That's not or near death experience. That's a big one too. Got it. So what does that mean? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's spiritual. I've had on Dr. Eben Alexander. The, that's what I thought yeah, too. I was but like, that's, that's not. it kind of seems more like a philosophy topic, but for all of this, I mean, so it says, right. It says on there, what does it always say? The disclaimer, the Lazarus isn't the Lazarus study, which says that it's only about 1% accurate. And in for full disclosure, I, although I got into medical school and pharmacy school, I did fail pre-calculus three times in college. So ease with me here. But my logic with is I don't, and this is all my opinion, I don't think it's 1%. I think with COVID, we have to at least maybe have a little bit of leeway in thinking. Um, it's like when you go to like the most viewed video on YouTube, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, Gangnam Style or whatever surpassed it, there is sort of this like almost falsifying aspect to it because everyone's going to see what the view count is. And when you go and look at the view count, it adds a view. So I think with COVID, Again, just in my own kind of gut feeling, I think it's probably not as low as 1% accurate because it is a pandemic. There are people like myself, who, again, despite getting into medical school, admittedly had never heard of VAERS until 2021. So, like, there's a ton of people now doing this. You know, it is a, it's a major vaccine rollout. A lot of people are more attuned to it, whether you're talking about it or whether you're screaming about misinformation, it still is drawing more people to it. That I was going to take yeah. the other side of that. Yeah, I was really, um, it, 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 I think that there are three different categories. Okay. I think that there are ordinary adverse events, serious adverse events, and death. And I think that you're going to get different underreporting factors for all three of these. But for AEs, I think less than one percent is reported, and and AEs dominate in the total. So I think that that uh, actually, and, and I think that we did some computations, or I didn't. Uh, I don't know if it was you, Jessica, or Steve did. But um, I, it came out like a quarter as often reported as in previous years overall. Right. But I do think that the serious adverse events are reported more than 1% of the time, the less serious, less than 1% of the time. And we don't know about death, right? Yeah. That's, that's the, it's, it's different by kind than the others. Um, but also like all the publicity to VAERS, you know, what did it really do, right? The publicity didn't really start until like six, seven, eight months. It, it kind of got rolling, you know, months after after the vaccine rollout. So most people were not looking at VAERS, right? I was not looking at VAERS. I don't even know, you know, when the first time I, I learned about it was. It may have been April or May. Um, and actually, I saw, uh, before I knew Jessica, I, I saw a video of hers on YouTube uh, about it. Um, and I don't know when that was. But, um, you know, most people didn't know about it when most of the deaths would have occurred. Right, the 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 death curve is is very temporally associated with the start of the vaccine rollout when more elderly were getting vaccinated. Just like COVID, there's a pretty steep age risk uh, curve, and so you know much more, you know, many more of the people who died would have died earlier on. Got it, Doctor Rose. But what are your thoughts on like, this? Yeah, I think that uh, it's it's counterbalanced, probably not equally, by the the lack of reporting being done due to um, it's, it's, it's both the lack of reporting, like primary reporting, let's call it like filing a report and that report actually making it to the front end uh, system. I don't know if you guys saw this video posted by this girl of her, uh, her attempt to file a VAERS report. Did you see it, Matthew? It's a really cute little blonde girl and she, had myocarditis. She had a whole bunch of bad shit happen to her after her second shot. And she tried to file a VAERS report and she tells the story of her failed attempts. It's incredible what I she reveals. Wow. And so she, 
She says there's like 50 people working uh, behind right. the scenes. Right, she called in and tried, tried to talk to people and found out, yeah. Right, so that's what I was assuming all along. I've been calling it human error, you know, because even though they might have hired more people to to vet this data and sift through the data and take out the duplicates and da-da-da-da, it's still so lamentable because it's being run by humans and it's understaffed and, you know, it's it's all of this stuff combined, but... Like, I dare say, um, I agree completely with Matthew, that the underreporting rates are going to be different, depending on what you're talking about. We don't know what it is for death. But um, I dare say the underreporting factor in general in the context of COVID is like, it, it, it's it's weighed like this. In, I don't know. I, I don't know where the, the balance is between more people know about it, so more reporting, but less people are actually filing reports and, and fewer are actually making it into the system. So it's, um, it's probably yeah, changing over time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's another like thing. It's like, <laughs> how do we? Uh, yeah, I do have like there is kind of like one, I guess, something that maybe. I do have a little more faith in VARES than other things in that I just look at, I mean, I look at myself getting permanently banned from YouTube for having on Dr. McCullough telling people they should go get vitamin D at Walmart. That's literally the clip that got me. It's just permanently banned. Not, not Delta Force guys calling for like the execution of politicians. Not that. Not having on a Secret Service bomb technician who had a couple of drinks and started talking about how to build a bomb during the summer 2020 riots. Wow, really? Yeah, I was like, I was like, <laughs> but like, uh, None of that. Dr. McCullough coming on. The three strikes were from Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone. The nail in the coffin was, was but, the, but the point is, is so I look at that happening, right? You see the character assassination of Joe Rogan, who no one cared about. I started listening to him in December 2011. No one cared. It was just, hey, it's the Fear Factor guy until he started having on Dr. Malone and Dr. McCullough, right? So I look at all these sort of very top-down control of the, of the narrative, I do remember, I believe it was August, I was up at my, my parents' house, and I was, because I'm a normal person, I was checking the VAERS data, because it was Friday, and I wanted to see where it was. My friends and I were, were taking bets, we're like, do you think it's going to break 11,000 today? I love what you just said. Yeah, it's, well, because we were, we were just trying to have, like, gallows humor at a certain point. Welcome we were like, to the fold! Yeah, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the inside, get your EMP bags, they're, they're watching you. That's um, the bottle you pulled off the shelf, right? Yeah, I mean. yeah, but so, but so we started looking at it. And it wasn't updating and it wasn't updating and it was down and it said you had to sign in. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But then I remember it, it did come back up, but there was this little like pop up disclaimer, almost like something, almost like a cookies disclaimer. It was like it was like a bottom thing. It floated up and yeah. it said, I swear to God, because I still have a screenshot on it. And I can find it. It said uh, the truth will always come out like they're trying to do something with this because i'd seen it happened two or three times where on a friday it would say you have to log in and everyone would be like is this a conspiracy you have to log in but it's because everyone was checking it and so it would crash understandably i will find it just to prove i'm not lying i'll find it after this podcast but a little pop-up thing said and said like the truth will always come out and then it was like the normal message like we're like we're working to get the site back up there's an influx of like reports but that one little like line and I think I screenshot it like eight or nine times because I was like, that's the... Yeah, I want that screenshot. <laughs> I will absolutely find it. I remember looking at it and I was like, to me, that said something where I was like, at the very least, 
there's someone in there trying to get the data out, right? So I have a little more faith in it than I do CNN or Fox or YouTube because of that. So I don't know what that means, if that means it's more accurate than normal or if that was just someone trolling. I don't know. But and the same thing happens with Bloomberg boxes. You know, when you're on Wall Street, you have these boxes where you get news that, you know, most people don't get, right? You have these Bloomberg boxes. This is how Bloomberg makes money, right? And, and you know, there, there's a ticker, you know, with all kinds of like, you know, news that goes across the screen and something you can click and see what's going on. Uh, but every now and then you'll get messages and, and, and you'll just, most things repeat, but you might see a message just one time. And every now and then you're like, Oh, that that's not something anybody's going to say out loud or yeah. it's going to make it to the public. I'm going to I'm going to go back and try to find it right now actually. But so but while I do this, so but what is the takeaway? Cuz you guys right, you guys alleged that and I'm not I'm not entirely sure when it was written. I probably should have known that that there's probably 150,000. Hi kitty. <laughs> a kid for everybody listening, you should be watching. A, a kitten just joined us. What is <laughs> Is the cat keeping you awake? Like the puppies, or is it just uh, not sleeping at all? He just wakes me up in the morning if he feels like I need to get up at four. <laughs> is it, how does your cat wake you up, Jessica? Uh, he jumps on my chest and he gets right in my face and goes, Mow! But the, problem, <laughs> the problem is, is they're so cute. So, like, as much as I'd like to blame the puppies for waking me up, I'm like, it might be. No, you can't, right? I'm like, well, I'm like, it's either the puppies or it might be like the World Economic Forum's technocratic coup on the world, the pandemic, and the impending nuclear war. It's, I don't know which one's keeping me up and what's making my sleep uh, less in depth. That being take said, the cute one. <laughs> what, I'll take the cute one. You guys allege that there are right 150,000 various deaths. Could you elaborate on that? Whoever wants to take it. Um, okay, I, I've done I've done various computations. The, the number may be higher. Uh, I did I did several. I, I looked at the problem several different ways. Back in June, uh, I was debating with with Steve Kirsch. Uh, he was saying there are 50,000 deaths. I was like, I, you know, I, I think the number may be lower. I feel like I would like we would have heard more about this by now. And which is funny because I, I'm very skeptical of information coming out. Right. But I, we had nothing to go on. And so I was looking for some way to measure like how, how many deaths, how, how can we quantify this? And I saw somebody tweet and point out that the case fatality rate doubled overnight in the UK the moment the vaccines rolled out. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, I'll get into our world and data data set and check that. And sure enough, I found it was. You have to look at it on a lag, though, right? You look at, you know, deaths, like typically it takes on average 18 days to die from COVID if you die from COVID. Um, so, you know, I, I did, uh, you know, uh, deaths, 18 days lag from cases divided to get a case fatality rate. And then I looked at uh, start date for, for first the UK. And I was like, okay, it did. It, it basically doubled overnight. Um, and it stayed that way for a little while, right? Uh, and then uh, I, I said, okay, I'm going to do this for all of Europe. And what I found was um, nearly every nation, there was this very pronounced, you know, the case fatality rate shot up. And during the pandemic, case fatality rates were going down, 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 vaccine rollout, boom, they doubled. And and, and it, it wasn't quite doubling throughout the whole of Europe. It wound up being like a 30% bump on average, right? So um, I, I looked at this and and you know, uh, counted up the number of, of vaccine doses, uh, had a little bit of a skew between dose one and dose two, and uh, and computed. I was like, oh, wow, for the first <clears throat> 7 million doses in Europe, you had about seven, a little over 7,000 excess COVID deaths 
is what I would call them, right? Because it looks like COVID deaths that didn't have like a previously documented case. That's how you would get, you know, a, a skyrocketing case fatality rate is if, you know, people died and, 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 and perhaps uh, on the death certificate, uh, somebody's like, uh, let's just dump this into the COVID bin. Yeah. And so you have a death without a, an associated rise in cases, you have a rise in deaths. So I saw this announced over the first 18, 20 days. And I said, okay, um, I'm going to assume this is mostly elderly. I, I, I found as much information as I could uh, to see what is the age distribution. And then I looked at the VARES distribution and I kind of mapped um, you know, what I saw to the VARES distribution and said, okay, it's going to go from a thousand deaths per million doses down to about, you know, maybe 20 at, at the younger end um, and said, okay, I'm just going to call it 200 to 500, you know, deaths per million, per million doses. And, and that's really, you know, it, that's it, like the overall numbers number that should change over time <clears throat> as <clears throat> the demographics are changing throughout the year as to who's being vaccinated. Right. So I, I left it as a range, but then I went and did a second set of computations where I looked at nations around the world that hadn't really had much COVID until vaccination. And then I saw this, you know, dramatic rise in cases and associated deaths. And I computed again and got, you know, a number that was right in the middle of my range. I got 411, I think deaths per million doses I was like, mm, yeah, there's something going on here. These numbers are bigger than I imagined. And, you know, I, I published it on my Substack um, at Rounding the Earth. And, you know, <laughs> uh, we, we beat on those numbers a lot since and looked at it from different ways. But uh, a lot of data comes out that seems to support those numbers. Um, but, uh, you know, our friend Joel Smalley got even higher numbers. He got closer to 1,000 deaths per million doses. And my numbers should possibly be seen as minimum, right? Because what I was really computing with my first analysis was deaths that were categorized as COVID deaths. Right. There may be other deaths also. <clears throat> there may be more that occur later than during that first, you know, 18-day window. And then uh, the second one would be uh, would be deaths that occurred because of, of excess COVID cases, right? If the vaccine is weakening your immune system somehow, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, the balance of T cells or something like that, then maybe more people are getting COVID. And we've seen that in several nations like Laos and Vietnam, where there's almost no COVID. They go in and vaccinate and suddenly, boom, COVID wave. So, you know, it, it, it we, we don't know the answer, but it, there might be somewhere, you know, I'll, I'll give a big range, you know, 100,000 to 400,000 deaths in the U.S. Jesus. Dr. Rose? So yeah, I and, and I can confirm that with my own separate calculation, which is just you know napkin math. Um, the Pfizer put out their phase three clinical trial data a while ago, so they they had you know their placebo the arm and they had their BNT blah 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 arm, the drug arm, and they had eight, about eighteen thousand people in each, and they had a certain. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply number of people in each of those that uh, succumb to a severe adverse event, which I imagine includes death, 
Not sure, though. Uh, they didn't define it as far as I can remember. But anyway, um, so they had a certain number of people who, in the drug arm who succumbed to a severe adverse event. So I multiplied that rate that, that they calculated by the number of people who'd been, uh, who had been injected at that point uh, in the U.S. It was last August or something. And, and then I divided that by the number of severe adverse events in VAERS just to get a multiplication factor. And mine was 31. Steve did a very similar thing using a different base data set, and he got 41. So we, we all kind of, you know, came around to the same number using different techniques. So, um, yeah, we don't really know. Uh, you know, I'm still interested in figuring out what the, the underreporting factor is for death. However, um, you know, on the subject of the underreporting factor, I think the numbers are so outrageously high. Uh, in 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 VARES in the yellow card system and in the UDR system, they're they're all like way over a million, um, which has never happened before. So it's like we don't even need to multiply these numbers by. Yeah, that would have been like the the historical cumulative. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Oh, way over the cumulative. <clears throat> way over. Like if they were using the historical definition of like or or count as to how many people need to die in order for us to deem this product unsafe, both pharmaceuticals and biologicals, this rollout would have ended last January because we surpassed that number, which is 50, five, zero last January. So imagine that, like we're 20, by my count with the abortions and the miscarriages and stillbirths, we're at 27,000 deaths. So it's like your average over the past 30 years of fares data was, it's about hundred and. 50, something like that, every year for all vaccines combined. Yeah, there have been products that have been pulled at three deaths. The the Uh, baby formula, as of yesterday, there was a new baby formula that was just pulled because a second death happened. Right. So this is normal. So there's something very atypical about everything that has to do with COVID. Yeah. And it's, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the, COVID. It's, it's the, it's the vaccine. It's, uh, I'd imagine like Cartman, you gotta get the vaccine. But like, I look at, <laughs> you guys want to see, ma'am, he's spreading misinformation. <laughs> I don't even watch South Park, but I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched it in years, but I'm now just imagining Cartman like being against vaccine misinformation. <laughs> and then like, stop watching Joe Rogan, you guys. Yes. And then, yeah. That's really good. <laughs> but, but I mean, but that's one thing I've pointed to is we're all just losing our minds slowly. But that's one thing I point to is. I can even, hold up my cat. Yeah, bring the cat in here. I don't care. Have him come in. Her no, come he'll in. bite me. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I look at the cumulative deaths, right, from 1990 through 2020. And I look at the yearly deaths. And that's something Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone have both talked about several times on this podcast. Mm-hmm is even without any multiplication factor, just taking the lowest end, the actual number on there, you could take the number on there and divide it by 100. It still vastly supersedes any threshold we've ever allowed. Now, to play devil's advocate, could you argue it's a global pandemic, you know, they had to bend the rules I personally don't think so, but precedent has shown that we we do do that as a nation after 9-11 and we look at the Patriot Act. I'm not defending it, but historically, it's something we do do, right? World War One, yeah, World if, War Two. If, if you deny medicine, you make it look real scary. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So 
you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying not to like pigeonhole myself into one side. I'm trying to at least give like a fighting chance to what the opposing argument would be. That being said, so the question now comes out, are they so bold about doing this because of the very, I guess, language of warp speed in that they are immune, no pun intended, from liability? Do you think it's bad? It's like it's bad that the that the, you know, the, the fox ate the hens. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you you put the fox in the hen. What are you expecting? You know, so it's it's bad that they're doing this. But these are private corporations with fiduciary responsibilities. What the hell did you think was going to happen? Is there is do you think that's why the number might be so high is because they're like, keep it low because we're just printing cash right now? And this yeah, is a tough conspiracy. Well, I was, I, I was so getting, I'm going to let Jessica go first. I, well, I was about to say, I realize <laughs> as I'm quest, as I'm saying that this isn't what you guys are. You guys are more about the, I guess the statistics and I'm asking you guys to speculate on, I guess like the meta yeah, theme of it. Jessica and I do speculate on these okay. things. Um, this is actually one of the things that I, that I like to talk with Jessica about. Um, we'll shoot emails back and forth. Like, like, uh, yeah, th- this is scarier than so-and-so imagined. Well, yeah, because, like, <laughs> you can only look at the numbers for so long before you're like, okay, now we have to start spec- – if they declassified everything on JFK and you eventually you find two different vantage points, you'd have to go, and now we need to speculate because <laughs> it's not one guy. So I think we, we kind of do have to depart from just the hard mm. mathematics and go, now well, what sure. is the reasoning behind this? You have to. It's if so absurd. Try, if you don't try to fill in a knowledge framework, then you are committing to ignorance. If, if you're right? just looking and, at the statistics of the Nazis and going, you well, need, you need, yeah, you need models, right? right? You need to test models. You need, and you need to hold several, right? You need several uh-huh. frameworks through what that you can think through, right? Different hypotheses, and you can go, okay, does this data fit with this hypothesis and this one? And what is the World Economic Forum anyway? You know? Oh yeah, um, no, no. It, it's, I mean, I mean. That's what you have to do, though. And I mean, when I first started getting like banned on YouTube, I was like, maybe they're actually trying to stop the spread of misinformation. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the reason I'm not getting a lot of views on these episodes is because I'm not using keywords or SEO tags or something. Or maybe there is collusion between big pharma and big tech. You have to have multiple models, right? You have to. And people call that misinformation. It's actually science. It's how we approach the truth. Dr. Rose. Please join us on our wild speculation. What is the purpose behind it? I'm so lost in the analogy now, but um, last night, I didn't sleep at all. Um, I I was, we were, me and my partner were having this, um, he he was educating me on the, like I've heard this before somewhere in my 20s, but you know, it was a long time ago, that um, the city of London, you probably know this, is is not a part of like the UK. It's uh-huh. like a separate entity, yeah. and, and and so he ran me through this whole uh, like going back a long time history of the control um, and and the usurpers of control, and it's it, it's always this one organization. Uh, I can't remember their name now. Yeah, Something really stupid. 
Hmm? The Illuminati? No, no, no. It's it's something really stupid like Brandon. I'm serious. It's something like that stupid. Go, Brand. Let's go, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, all, it all goes back to. But yeah, no, that's right. That's the argument that's like the Vatican is its own thing. DC is its own thing, and that's the, kind of the whole conspiracy. But, but none of that stuff, though. It, it was something much deeper and historically rooted, and I, ne- I never heard it that way before. And it explained all about what Canada actually is. Like Canada's associated with the, the British crown. The, the United States is like a separate entity. And, and anyway, he, you know, he was telling me about all this stuff because I'm always trying to figure out in my off time, you know, my, my extra bandwidth time, like, what the hell are they doing? Like, what's the reason? Yeah. Now, yeah. what, why are they doing this? Is this just a power grab? Is this just about money? Is this about I don't know, man. lizard people? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just all I know is this. All I know is that I know nothing. How about that? Like, sure. I, I don't believe anything I see anymore. I rarely believe anything I read anymore. And it takes, like, a, a consensus of the best, most trusted people I know for me to start, you know, like, putting that into my foundation and actually establishing, like, a, a working hypothesis, I suppose. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm very... Um, I'm very like shifty on on what the actual reason they're doing this is so far. Like it's I think it's actually very good and I kind of use this analogy all the time though. But ironically enough it is kind of like an infection into your immune system and you start build, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So I look at like the last 2 years of just being lied to my face and then like literally interviewing the guys that they're lying about. I've had on Steve Kirsch, Dr. I've had all these guys on, Urso, Merrick, all of them. And then I see their faces on CNN. And I'm like, I'm looking at two different things. And it has shattered. I mean, I've never trusted the mainstream media. I don't think anyone truly does. But you always kind of expect there's like some sort of like Venn diagram of truth. That has just been obliterated. But I actually view it as a positive. It's like building muscle. It hurts. And then you come back stronger. I look at my my reasoning skills to be better and you're gonna feel crazy if all the sudden you start looking at things with hard reasoning at a certain point you're going every respectable person i know is saying the world's flat but dude i've done these calculations and i just don't think it is i don't claim to know what shape it is but i just don't think it's flat and that leads you down that road and eventually you find out what what the truth is so I'm, i'm i'm with you dr rose is that I don't can I, can I interject? Yeah, take it. Um, you know, regarding what Jessica said about like who owns London, there's a giant meta lesson, whether it's that or what you can trust when you hear on the news. Yeah. There's this meta lesson of we have such a tall, thin hierarchy mm-hmm. of power in the world, not even just in, in, in the countries, right? Literally. The corporations, the corporations centuries ago, you know, sixteen early 1600s, managed to escape. They got escape velocity from the countries they came from. Right. The, the Dutch, the English, they didn't have slavery at home. They didn't tolerate it. But these corporations went around the world establishing slave colonies everywhere. Right. And, and eventually it becomes more and more secretive or the amount of work that you have to do to find out you know, what that knowledge is beyond a 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is invisible, right? When Jessica says invisible, I mean, that's essentially true unless you are very, very near the top. Um, yeah, and and so if you run a world that way, you are risking catastrophic failure. Absolutely, we cannot run the world on a hierarchy that small because Absolutely. any mistakes that are made at the top, uh, th- those mistakes are amplified to the whole world. So I just, I just, I realized I was going to bring it up, and then I was like, oh wait, I have, I have two math geniuses. I can bring it up. I just emailed you all an article that I had first read when it came out in 2011. And it's, I mean, it's, it's called, it's from New Scientist, but it was on several websites. I think it was also on Forbes. It's the 13, it's, it's just this, you know, it's like a, it's a map, right? Oh, pretty. Yeah. The 1300, the 1318, so 1318 transnational corporations that form the core of the humanity. Super connected companies are red and like hyper connected companies are yellow. The dots represent their like market cap, but then they go in further. And they go, and then within that sphere of 1,318 corporations, transnational giants, there are 147 corporations that control like 90% of it. And it started to get kind of foggy past that point. But I mean, you can just, the guy that failed pre-calculus three times can go, well, let's start making some more jumps. I mean, what do we hear all the time now? BlackRock Vanguard. At a certain point, you coalesce, coalesce, it seems to almost be the natural order. So when that thing at the very top makes a mistake, it's not like uh, it's not like I'm one soldier in an invading army and I accidentally step out of formation. It's the general who maybe the general hasn't slept because his cat's keeping him up and he, you know, makes a wrong calculation and he sends a hundred thousand soldiers five miles in the wrong direction. It does, or maybe it's not even a wrong decision. Maybe it's a competent and intentional decision that isn't good for you and I, but it's by no means an accident. And that's that's what I look at. I look at all the money grabs in history, and there are a lot of them. And it's the, it's the devil, you know, right? The release of Oxycontin or thalidomide or we got to go to Vietnam to sell helicopters or whatever. Those are all the traditional money grabs, right? The military industrial complex, complex, Dick Cheney, you know, former CEO of Halliburton. And then all of a sudden Halliburton gets all these war contracts and we're going to Iraq. I'm sure that's just a coincidence. You see all that. Or you could even say Trudeau owning the Trudeau, Trudeau Foundation owns 40% of Acuitus, which I think makes the nanolipid uh, particles for the one of the Moderna vaccine. And those are all power grabs and money grabs, right? Oh, wait, financial crisis. Sure. There's so much effort for this one that it doesn't seem I can't rationalize that it's only money because these are money people. They know how to turn a profit. McDonald's makes the majority of their money off their soft drinks, not their burgers. And even more than their soft drinks, they actually make money on leasing the land to the uh, to the owners of the restaurant. The whole thing's money, which is it's fine. It's whatever. There are easier ways to make money. You start a war. Whatever, go in there, get some defense contractor. This okay. So what do you blitz, think? I don't know. I look at I look at kind of the new. Do you think they're trying to make us digitized? 
that's one thing, right? You definitely want to introduce because you can control it as we just saw in Ottawa with all the truckers having other stuff seized. And then what's the purpose of that control? Well, I, I, think, I, I, think, I think that you could say it's all money, but you may have to expand your concept, right? I don't think, it is. Right? I don't think like, it is. What if what if the dollar is failing? I, I And I believe this. I believe that the dollar is Absolutely. in slow motion collapse. I, I think that, um, that we've kicked, we're kicking each can down the road to a point where it's just cans, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, what happens at, the, at that point? Well, you know, whatever is at top, whoever's at top, um, it, it, it's not just that it feels like it's about it, it, that it's about things other than money. It, it feels like it's one will, first of all, uh-huh. like it, like it's like almost like how you would imagine the world would be run if it was just one person saying, okay, <laughs> these are the marching orders. Yeah. This is the plan. Right. And, and I, I, I may come back to that because there's that, you know, you, you brought in this, this network theory and there's game theory to this that, that it suggests that when you have a power law distribution, something called a power law distribution, that you do end up essentially with one will, mm-hmm. game theoretically. Um, but if the dollar's failing, maybe the people at the top are trying to just soak up as much as possible, right? Um, you know, wh- what's going to happen to people's estates as they die? If they, you know, die earlier than expected, their pensions just sort of get absorbed into the system. Um, there's all sorts of land that's being that's trading hands, and and some of it's now being held uh, invisibly in the uh, mortgage uh, yeah. electronic registry system. Um, and, and, you know, we maybe it's just an attempt to get as much control of those resources as possible in order to deploy them however things shake out in the next era. Okay. C- counterpoint. If you are up, and I think that's a, a great theory, if we are talking about this hyper-connected point of power, well, those are also the ones that control the World Bank. So how much of it is, couldn't you just kind of print it? You could just print it infl- or de- devalue everyone else's currency. About the U.S. dollar being kicked down the road, it is. There's also never been a uh, an empire at the end of its life like ours that still has such a widespread and insanely advanced military force. This is a weird thing that hasn't happened before. There are over, um, there are overextended militaries. There's never been such a grip on the world like we have. And on an aside, I've interviewed Will Arkin, who wrote the book, The Generals Have No Clothes. Kind of like the VARES data, he actually calculates that the U.S. military essentially has about 10 times the force that we think it does because we sell all the weapons to all the countries and everything in there only works with our systems, our big, they can only plug in to, you know, we give them the iPhone, but they have to use the app store. We control the app store. So like Averis data, he actually says that 777 billion, our militaries probably has a fighting force of around what $7 trillion uh, would buy. That being said, the dollar collapsing. On the other hand, what's the most widespread one, right? It's depopulation. I've interviewed Dr. Ken Alabek, the first deputy director of BioPreparat, the Soviet Union's bioweapon program. I've interviewed him eight times. He defected to the United States in 1992. They were putting like Ebola and uh, and Marburg and smallpox into cruise missiles and the heads of ICBMs back in the 90s. You wanted to take everybody out. You do what Kurt Bloma did, the Nazi, uh, the Nazi biologist, the sword and the shield. You get a vaccine for the people that you want to live have survived, and then you would just release a, a, a monster on the rest of the world. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it the other way. You wouldn't have everyone take a vaccine that kills you. You would just add something, put, put something out there that's super virulent. So I don't think it's necessarily depopulation. I think, Dr. Rose, you are probably more correct now that I'm talking myself in circles. If you introduce this and you have to take this to be part of society, 
that has now shifted the Overton window to where we accept that the government can say you have to do X to participate in Y. The next step would be not the vaccine passport. Do you, you have your di- do anything do your, unless you do, do exactly. you have your digital ID passport also right. with your bank account? So, I think you're right, actually. I think this whole thing, I can't believe I'm saying this for the first time, but I'm going to say Welcome to the I think the, the whole thing space. was created because they wanted to normalize. First of all, they wanted to introduce a lexicon, a new lexicon. Everybody knows, uh, you know, or they're actually, no, I, I take that back. Nobody knows anything. Everybody's misusing words yeah. that have up to now been defined a certain way. And now they're actually changing the definitions of vaccine, herd immunity, da, 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 da. So everyone's a freaking genius, but no one knows anything. They're normalizing injecting people with experimental products. They've, they've absolutely hands down succeeded at that. It's insane how successful they were. I'm, I'm, absolutely floored at how many people took it here and they're going back for a fourth one they're still going back and and so i think that that was the goal they 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 wanted to i'm still not sure how i like if i i think that from the immunology side of things what we're starting to see from like published peer-reviewed papers now this isn't like peer review or uh, preprint shit this isn't like you know, someone who has an idea. This is published study shit. Um, that these things are really dangerous. And this is why they're dangerous. For example, a recent paper came out and showed definitively that reverse transcription occurs yeah, and presence hours. of the DNA exactly in six hours. Another paper came out and showed the presence of the mRNA 60 days in germinal centers of the lymph nodes. I mean, it's crazy what's what we're what's being revealed now. I'm not surprised. Robert's not surprised. Peter's not surprised. You know, Matthew's not. We're not surprised because we were not told what was in this. I, I'm still not sure that the, that there's actually mRNA in it. To be honest with you, in in every single you know batch, I think the LNPs are doing extraordinarily uh, extraordinary amounts of damage. The cationic lipids are horribly toxic, and nobody's even talking about that. So I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Like, if I don't think any of this was intentional. I think they had a goal. But I think the goal was to normalize the injection thing because they, th- this is a setup for the next step because the next step is going to be, you know, they're going to find a new variant of HIV or some shit and they're going to have this magical new injection. And so when they tell everyone, they, fl- they start flashing HIV on the screen, for example, everyone's just going to bend over and say, inject me. Yeah. And who knows what's going to be in that. And then, you know, it's like. That, that's the slippery slope because then you can just start going. Let's remove, let's remove, you know, tough characteristics from people. Let's, let's take the testosterone well, away from fighting. And, and that's, the, that's the side effect that we're seeing now. Like we're, we're seeing a lot of damage and it, we're seeing potentially a lot of damage to fertility, which kind of does make you wonder if the stupid ass freaking eugenicists or whatever you call them. Eugenicists are trying to depopulate the planet. I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder, like, and, and they have been experimenting with different kinds of birth control. Well, that kind of makes me 
go back to the depopulation where, like I said earlier, on on one hand, I go, they could just they could do it so easily. They've had this mass unit seven thirty one in Manchuria. In the water, they control everything. It's already like so crazy how we live. <laughs> unit unit seven thirty one in uh, Japan's in uh, their biological weapons program during ni- nineteen forty four to forty five under Shiro Ishii. They were mapping this stuff out then. So that's how I moved to it. But then on the other hand, I think. Well, what if you did do it? And then you have a bunch of people that didn't take it. And if maybe not everybody dies, you're going to have a huge revolt. How would you do it passively? You would just say like in 20 years, maybe you just can't have kids. And maybe it's only in 50% of people. It's just a very passive, slow motion. Exactly. And nobody's or very few people are making this connection. And most people aren't dying. They're just getting sick. They're becoming like the way that I've been expressing it is they're 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 making people they're turning people into patients because it's very profitable to do that so on one hand you i think this is very 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 much about profiting because i think they need it's like matthew's analogy of the the very tall and and thin uh, hierarchy it's like if if all of the money in the world is up here with with one entity then we're all screwed anyway right that's a really good way to win the war game Mm Yeah, maybe well, I don't know. I, 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 I'm going to throw this out. I, I'm short-term pessimistic, but long-term optimistic. Like, it, like it seems like we're all screwed, and it may even be that, <laughs> that, that we have a short-term that is terrifying. That's awful. Um, on the other hand, um, I think that the the further power gets from all of the people, that the more technology begins to grind to a halt. And technology is what makes an economy grow, right? Um, you know, a, a, an interest rate comes from the fact that there's something that you're willing to invest a dollar in that you will get more utility back from, right? So, you know, the, the, the world economy grows because people are participating in making things better. And, and, and we don't often, you know, really stop and think about that's what technology is. The, the further you get from science, the, the, the more lysenkoist you get because of this tall hierarchy, um, the more likely it is that that, that, that thing is just going to tip over and fail. And, you know, just like we're seeing the dollar fail, even, even if those entities manage to have a lot of control in the next era, they will eventually themselves fail because um, they, they move further and further from the truth and they bury science and, you know, what are they going to do? And it, it, the people who, who might even seem like, you know, bumpkins to them in the status quo who remain outside of that may be the technologists and scientists, their descendants may be 100 years from now, right? So I, I'm long-term optimistic. So, so, so Where does that make sound? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm. That's another kind of meme about this podcast is that to a fault, I'm optimistic. I think what you said is absolutely correct. Opposing argument Maybe we're hitting because, right, you, you have to you can't kill everyone, right? Every dictator, you got to have the people working, even if even North Korea, they're at least still in the farms, right? You have to have them doing the work that you don't want to do. Now, what if we are reaching an escape velocity point, as Ray Kurzweil talks about with, I mean, talk about analytics of, of exponential growth of technology. What if we are hitting like an iRobot point where all of a sudden you don't need the peasants because you just have a robot factory that's manned by robots, or maybe it's something more along the lines of Neuralink. Maybe that that technological growth, maybe that little 0.1% that survives, maybe they amplify their own knowledge by a thousandfold or a billionfold, and now they are doing the research of an entire MIT department. I don't know. I don't know, but it seems we are at this weird time. Where if this was happening a hundred years ago, 
you'd go, oh, they're idiots. You can't kill the you can't kill the peasants. You need us. It's happening now where it's like, oh, dude, we're rapidly approaching. I mean, was there some AI breakthrough in some DARPA program that's black? And they're going, we don't need people. Was there a Manhattan Project 20 years ago and they cracked quantum supremacy and they're going, oh, we don't need the people anymore. I don't know, man. I I, I think this this set of thoughts bifurcates into uh, multiple lines, some of which are more realistic than others. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say this. I think that um, that we are still at a point at which uh, we do not know if (laughs) if general artificial intelligence can ever exist. Yeah. The hard Um, question. And 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 it's a tough it's a tough thing to even get into those conversations. But like nobody has like a really good answer to the Chinese box explanation. Um, I, I don't know if that's what it's called, actually. Is that right? Uh, where, where um, you know, you're in a room and somebody slips a note under the door. You can't read that note, but you have a book where you can, you know, match the note to a Chinese character. And then there's a Chinese character on the other side that you transcribe on the other side of the note. Then you pass back under the door. You never know what you're doing, but that's how a computer essentially operates, right? Yeah. And there's sort of a barrier for developing a, a sense of what's going on. And, and you know, a lot of the people who've talked about, you know, consciousness and theories of consciousness, to me, they just sound bananas, mm-hmm. right? Like, they have these competing theories of consciousness. And I, you know, I, I think that a lot of that is people sort of over self-promoting trying to become over guruish yeah. and acting as if they have the answer now. And that's how you get funding is to act like you have the answer now. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, if somebody were really close to, to artificial intelligence, that's kind of like watching somebody, um, you know, invent the nuclear bomb. You know, it, it, the game theory of that is everybody would turn on that person if they started getting close. Unless you kept it quiet, like the Manhattan project. They're, they're not keeping it quiet though. They're screaming it at the top of their lungs. We're, we're just around the corner in five years. We're going to have this, yeah. but yeah, the, the singularity people like that feels almost like a religion. Oh, yeah. And I'll say this, I'll say this. It, it's cool, right? It's cool to think about the exponential growth and to think about, you know, further exponential growth An exponential curve seem like they're so powerful. They just go off to infinity. You have to, you have to like have a big enough scale to sort of see this, like Weird. this way off. Yeah. The economic curves, they look more like, this, yeah. you know, it's a gently rising economic curve where we are. And it's, it's beautiful and wonderful to see. We have things to invest in. That's great. Right. Um, but we, uh, you know, we're, we're nowhere near this point where it's like, yeah, <laughs> going, you know, going vertical. I don't, I don't necessarily think, I think Kurzweil is probably right that it will happen. I don't think it's any time. I don't think it's now. I don't think it's even close, not in my lifetime. Is it possible? I've interviewed Howard Blue, Howard Bloom several times, who he was all in, he was. I mean, he was Michael Jackson's uh, publicist, and then he was like bedridden for ten years and just became like a scientist. And uh, he's written a ton of books. He's been on Rogan, but my favorite book of his is called Global Brain, and it's about how these sort of like meta minds almost arise. Not kind of like the Chinese box. It doesn't mean it's sentient. But it does act in a way, whether it's huge groups of ants moving or an amoeba or a forest spreading, it does act in a quote unquote intelligent way. You could define that as like Darwinian selection. The computer, it might not be alive. There might not be an eye. But Darwinian selection just goes the one that survives will by default produce more. And that's just what it is. We've been living in that for centuries. I I think think the invisible hand could simply be called, okay, this is – 
this is you can call it artificial intelligence or you can call it natural intelligence. Yes. It's it's uh, group complexity, you know, intelligence. And when you have all these forces that many people can, you know, look at from different directions and identify and then make use of and exchange with that thing. Um, yeah, you know, we've been living with that uh, for a long time. And, you know. Well, yeah, Bloom argues it's been happening since the moment of the Big Bang. If you if map it all out. Okay, now let's take that thought. Yeah, and I like that. Not necessarily artificial, but just natural. It just... Every, we have what seventy trillion cells, and they're all printing proteins and and moving, and they're all, you know, moving electricity through your nerves. Not a single one of them was aware that we're about to sit down and do a podcast today. They couldn't. There's nothing there. They're just. But to them, they're following rules, and we're growing and dividing, and we're getting rid of the old ones, and they have no idea what we're talking about. Cats and and Alex Jones, and it, it's beyond their comprehension. Yet we are that right. So my optimism comes from. I think there is a top-down power structure, Illuminati, New World Order, World Economic Forum, Brandon, whatever you want to call it. It is, <laughs> right? It is that singularity, that black hole of power. If that exists, my logic is, is why wouldn't there be another one? Why wouldn't it be? Or is it kind of like the line from Godzilla, you know, like the arrogance of man is that like we can take on nature. What if AI is nothing to compare it to natural intelligence? Can this system even work? It does look dark. It does look bad. But I mean, we are a blink of a fraction of nothingness in terms of like geologic time. Like this is just a little coup. It's it's occurring like that. I mean, as Terrence McKenna said, it's a 25,000 year, it's a nothing but a sprint, the 25,000 year jump from standing up straight and having opposable thumbs to the star, uh, the starship. We, we experience it as infinity in both directions and you can't even see past the horizon but in terms of the big picture it's just a little like it's a blip it's 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 a lightning strike um i don't even know where the hell how we got here but uh ever seen the cosmic calendar yeah 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 we're we're like the last second of the last minute of the last day last several seconds in the last minute yeah that's what i mean (laughs) so that's where my optimism comes from is i'm like base i don't believe Klaus schwab's figured that out (laughs) that <laughs> I, you don't buy the outfit you don't no, buy the outfit come on I, somebody I, him down i from- <laughs> i think it's i don't know man i it seems too convenient doesn't it that the evil guy taking all the flack is a german guy who wears a black outfit and has like a cat doesn't that seem like an image you would put if you were the one behind the scenes controlling? Yeah, you'd go, let's make a Dr. Evil so they don't know it's actually us, J.P. Morgan or whoever the hell is doing it, BlackRock, Vanguard. It, it, but that's what model. I was thinking when you guys mentioned, you know, the, the guys are like bragging about the AIs. I, I think they're just, you know, the, the smoke the front, screen. Absolutely. You, you'd, you'd never, I don't know. You would never It's know. called the Fabian Society, sorry. Not not the... the uh, Let's go, Brandon. Brandon. It's Fabian. Fabian Society. Yeah, it, I don't know. I, I have a similar model of the World Economic Forum. Um, it, I see them as salesmen, right? This is they're, they're like a sales team that was assembled, yeah. right? And, and there, there are other structures. And I, I don't know who holds the most power here or there, but like, you know, if you look at like the Trilateral Commission, which was founded mm-hmm. around the same time as the World Economic Forum, they they had much more power, much more quickly, and that's. That was uh, David Rockefeller and yeah. British Institute, right? And they immediately, first U.S. election after they got rolling, 
you know, they got rolling, what, like 1973, and then the Carter was elected, and there were like 90 members of the Trilateral Commission in all of the United States, and 12 of them were on his cabinet, right? That's immediate power, right? And then, you know, David Rockefeller mentored Bill Clinton, Brzezinski mentored Obama. You know, these were not people who came out of nowhere. In case these were not, yeah. not the underdogs that they were made out to be. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, t- I think 12 members of the Obama cabinet also were, you know, members of the trilateral commission. Uh, that's a lot of power. That's, that's behind the scenes. That's putting together policy. That's not Justin Trudeau who, who really, I mean, he was an actor. He appears to be an actor. Everything he does. He looks, he looks like, uh, you know, a Netflix, he looks like a, a Netflix original. He's, he's, you know? <laughs> he's channeling drama. You can tell when he speaks. Yeah. Yeah. He's channeling it. I think about what you, and Kissinger, uh, mentor Schwab, I think about if there's a trilateral commission, if there's a club of Rome, if there's a, you know, council on foreign relations, that's what I mean is I think there's probably multiple nodes of power. And by definition, if they're all about, you know, fucking the rest of the world for themselves, well, then they're also going to fight each. That's one thing I always think about when I think about like the Illuminati. I'm like, you're telling me these ruthless, bloodthirsty psychopaths, they all get together and like one, two, three team. Like no, they're all they're all gonna kill each other, right? At the one chance they get to be the king, they're gonna. Maybe, Maybe. When, when things destabilize and and people don't know who has the power, that might happen. Yeah. Um. But we, you know, we were talking about uh, like the, you know, game theory earlier. So most most of us on this planet are on a an exponential progression of wealth, right? Uh, most people uh, th- that defines almost everybody in the world except. Uh, the, the top billionaires, you know, the billionaire class, they're on a power law distribution. And this has been noted, you know, mathematically, like just looking at the wealth totals of people in Forbes, right? And, and here's an example. Um, I, I'm going to make a very simplistic one uh, to explain the idea. Let's say that the wealthiest person in the world has a trillion dollars. And the second wealthiest person has half a trillion. And the third wealthiest person has a third of a trillion. That would be a power law distribution, those unit fractions, right? So think about think about what it would take to... to uh, overcome the first person to take that person over, take that king down. Um, you would need not just two and three, but you would need four also. And now you've got a prisoner's dilemma between three and four because either one of them could sabotage the project and move up to number two. Yeah. And and if you have two, three, and four on one team, all number one has to do is get number get ten or eleven yeah. to join in, right? And so and so this is why it can appear that one person controls everything and you can end up with circumstances where one will is showering the world with their projected power because nobody in, in the near the top of that pyramid wants to upset the apple cart because they're going to get the knife in the side, right? Oh, yeah. So it's like a very delicate balance that appears as – it's like uh, Home Alone, right? He's got like the little cutouts on like the train tracks in front of the windows. It's one kid. But he's making it appear like there's a whole family there, so the kidnappers won't come in. It's the illusion of power, which is, which is brilliant. But then there's also this. I think it's like my favorite part is the the caveat of, of biological death. We're not here forever, so you can get to number one. Eventually, you kick the bucket, and you have some kids, and maybe they're hardworking kids. You mentored them, but they're not as hungry as you. And then they have kids, and they're trust fund babies. And then they have kids and they burn it all and the cycle repeats. So there is this sort of weird reset button built into the very system we're talking about is that like Jeff Bezos will die. Like Bill Gates will die. 
And then all of a sudden there's that vacuum. So unless they're approaching biological immortality, I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. Dr. Rose, we haven't let you speak for like 20 minutes. What are your thoughts on all this? No, no, I'm just fascinated (laughs) and listening. Uh, It's not often I get to participate in a conversation like this. It's great. It always bears this and bears that. It's Um, uh, (laughs) the Illuminati, it's a quantum AI, and they're escaping the planet. Yeah, welcome to Yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about now, but I like it. I have no idea either, but it's fun. Yeah, I, uh, where, where were we? Um, what was the last thought? It was more so, what is the explanation of this? Could it be carried out? Why would it be carried out? Is this just our own rantings? I mean, and here's the more terrifying aspect. You know, I, I, I do that. What, like, I, I have a close friend here who I talk to pretty much every day, and we ground each other. We actually know all of the people that are in on this. I talk to frequently like Matthew and I will shoot the shit every now and then as well it's like and and I find it's more for grounding it's like you can't be a sane human being and see what we're seeing and do what we're doing without asking yourself once a day is this all in my freaking head because everyone around me is acting like you know this is a a, a freaking Enya video, like what's his name says yeah. in the big short. That's what it's like it's like show yeah where like instead of there being one person who's the the star of the show there's like 99 percent of the people have no idea what's going on <laughs> well so the matrix yeah yeah that's yeah. no but i no, i think you're absolutely right dr rose i kind of appreciate that like most of my friends and family don't think like me because it allows Who would you guys me- be in the matrix I have no, I've never seen the Matrix, but I know, I know. What? I'm sorry. Sorry. It's, I scared uh, my cat. Really? Well, I've never, I live under a cultural rock. I kind of like that. Is I have no oh, idea. watch the Matrix today, I, my I, friend. Name any movie. I probably have not seen it. So. The Matrix is not a movie. It's like, it, it's a career book. <laughs> I think, I think to me right now, real life is far too fascinating for me to watch a movie. I'm like, this is more I, insane. I, I get a, you. There's a you might learn named, something that will help you. I'm like, there's a motherfucker <laughs> named Klaus Schwab who's taken over the world and there are truckers, you know, there are truckers assembling armies like Mad Max to go fight band-aids. I'm like, I don't need Netflix. Just turn on the news like it's and it's and you get to play in it. You get to be a part of it. You can do a podcast and actually kind of poke it and see something. Yeah, you just analogize back to Mad Max. And so like, don't don't we need that framework that Hollywood gave us for understanding everything? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. So maybe I should. I just outed myself. I've seen Mad Max. All right. So. Fair enough. Yeah. It's, now, no, the, I think there's like a, I think it was Terrence McKenna that said, uh, he was like, you know, we all like to think we've got it figured out. And he has like a very distinct voice. I don't know if any of you guys ever listened to him. He died in 2000. Ethnobotanist guy, psychedelics, wrote a lot. He goes, some people think the Vatican is in charge or it's the Jews or it's the aliens or it's the Illuminati. And he goes, but no one approaches the scariest of them all. No one's in charge. It truly is. Anything we see is just our own structure we're projecting onto the world. And there might be some organization, but it's just there's no one driving the ship. It's chaos. There are momentary aggregations of power. Momentary. So you don't think we're writing our own code in that scenario? No, but the thing is, is I don't know if that's true, but I have to take that as one of the possible explanations. 
there, there might be a bunch of guys at the World Economic Forum sitting down like us right now going, who do you think's in charge? Like the people we think in charge <laughs> might think someone else is in charge. Like that's the thing. They're so secretive that you don't actually, it's all so compartmentalized that I don't think, I actually, this is kind of one of my own theories. I, if you were in charge, I don't think you'd even know you were in charge. Think of like a video. It's anti-conspiracy theory. It's like secretly it's bottom up. Yeah, exactly though. It's like, I think of like a video game where it's like, you know, last man standing, but it's a video game. So you, you know, when you're the last man, cause it pops up and says you win or whatever you see a, you know, 10 people left, five people left. What about the real world where there is no counter? If you were truly in charge and you got to the very top and you owned the nuclear bunkers and had your hand on the button, you'd still be looking around going, is there something deeper than me? I don't know. So my logic is, is even if you're in charge, you never actually know you're in charge. It's a race so long, you don't know if you're in first place or if you're lapping somebody. That's kind of my logic. And to me, that's the most terrifying. It's like, we're just seeing nation states and billions of people and technology and mRNA and VAERS data and podcasts and, and truckers and, you know, global warming. And no one knows. What's Natural going on. intelligences. Yes. appear to be top down structures. It might just be. I mean, you might get to the top and you're like, what's going on? And they might be going, I was hoping to ask you that. And you're like, fuck, I thought you guys like Klaus, I thought you knew. He might be scared. That sounds like a day in my life. Yeah, I know, but that might be, but but that might be Klaus Schwab. He might come to us just going, I'm so scared. I don't know what's going on. And we're like, I thought you knew what was going on. And he's like, no. Oh, God, no. He doesn't strike me as someone who will ever do that. He seems pretty self-assured. I think he's an actor. Oh, yeah? I do too. Do you think he's wearing a disguise? No, I think it's a guy that's just, he's the front. If you were truly brilliant, right, and you were controlling the world, you're not going to put your face out there. You're going to have someone else do it. You're going to have the smoke screen. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Now, could could the conditioning be broken? Would there be something – have people been so successfully brainwashed and conditioned that even if an undeniable like Ferris report came out, like undeniable, you come out and you go – man, we were completely wrong. If there was a cover up, there's actually been 2 million deaths. They've already, when the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology comes out, 90% of people just go, ah, disinformation, misinformation. And it's like, what are you talking about? Has it almost been, has the, has the train started and it can't be stopped? Could the president come out and people would be going, oh, he's, you know, he's talking in duress. Is there any, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is there anything that can you I don't break think, the um, I think when the numbers start coming out in, in the quantities that I think they're actually reaching, like the, the heights they're reaching, I had this talk with someone the other day. Like, I, I, like you guys both know someone who's been injured by these products, right? I've interviewed some. You yeah. both, right? So I do too. And I don't know anyone who doesn't know someone or who isn't someone who hasn't been injured. <laughs> So there's like, I think a critical mass is forming when it's going to be impossible to deny. That's what I think. So what people, I I, I think the rollover will happen. Like uh, JP Sears uh, said in one of his videos that the the middle ground people comprise about 40%. 
There's 30 that are completely brainwashed that'll never change. And then there's the 30% who are awake or whatever. So I think that 40% is like slowly trickling into the 30 that are, are awake. And I'm also uh, hopelessly optimistic. I think that we will reach a 60% type number of the, the population, which I think, you know, that's that's sufficient to to at least, you know, put the brakes on this, uh, whatever this takeover is. I don't know what it is, but like, yeah, I think that we're just going to reach a point when you're, it won't be possible to die because it's going to be so prevalent. Yeah. I, I worry that this whole process of kicking all the cans down the road um, puts us at a point where the revelation might happen three inches beyond where the cans have piled up. Right. Uh, you know, the, this is, and, and, we, you know, we don't know. We don't know how long this dollar economy will last, right? We don't know if, if uh, Russia invading Ukraine is the beginning of uh, World War III or even a controlled just chaos while everything is reorganized, right? Who you know? Who knows? Um, but it, I, I worry that uh, levers of chaos may just get pulled and floodgates opened um, before it would before that formation occurs where people are seeking truth again. And then, then there may be the chaos, and people may see truth after that, but it'll be beyond the scope of the moment that we're in. So I, I don't, I don't know. If AI really did arise, I always think about like if smarter than human AI arose. People talk about, oh, well, there's like precautions, and it would be in an air-gapped computer, and it would be, but that's <clears throat> something that me, a human, is thinking. So it would think that too. And then it would go one step further. Well, then I could war game it, but it could do that too. It would always be just beyond, right? You can't, you can't see, oh, I guess with a mirror, you can't, you can't see the back of your head, right? You can't see what it looks like behind your eyes. Would we even know? And who knows? Maybe an AI... Maybe it's tugging along the World Economic Forum or Fabian Society or whatever, and they think they're in charge. Maybe there's something tugging them along, and it would be so advanced that you would go, nothing could possibly figure. Yeah, unless there was something as smart compared to us that we are to tapeworms. And we wouldn't, who knows what it would do? Well, I mean, I mean, what would it do? It would probably have us, this is kind of one theory. It would want more computer parts. It would want more processing power. And the way to do that is it would, it would have us advance it. How else would you advance it than have everyone stay at home and, and use video sharing technology and have people buying graphics cards to mine Bitcoin? Like, wouldn't you set up some carrots so that they pushed forward the hardware needed? I don't, I don't know. It all seems too insane. <clears throat> I'll jump in at the uh, having people mine cryptocurrency. I, I think that actually goes backward. Yeah. For, for that purpose, for this reason. I think that um, one of the spectacular things about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is that it, it's a solution to an optimization problem. You know, people talk about, oh, it's using all this power, this, that, or the other. Oh, what do you think that the whole global banking and military network is taking, right? I mean, you know, half the world's resources, actually. Mm -hmm. half, half the world's resources. Um, you know, they produce the most pollution, the military, mm -hmm. you know, militaries of the world do. Um so, yeah, I, I think that actually, um, uh, in a sense, we will make the future of computing power more efficient 
if cryptocurrency does take over and succeed that way. But but I know what you're saying. Like, you know, like we, we don't know if we're ants in a jar, right? Um, years ago, I decided to, to not worry about that question. Yeah, because you can't. Because, you know, ultimately, like as a moral being or something like that, all you have is your perception of what's going on and then what decisions you make. Yeah. Or as I think some guru said it, he was like, you don't even know if the past exists. You don't know if those are just imagined memories. All you have is I like, here and now, which is kind of the beauty of meditation. None of this matters. Um, yeah, I have no idea. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My brain's absolutely cooked. Do you guys have any like closing thoughts or points you want to touch on? <laughs> we can keep going. I don't care. Dr. Rose. I, I don't know. I, I I wonder about the AI question. Um, you know, it would matter what it thought, if it if thinks its purpose is like what what was it programmed with a problem to solve type thing? Like, you know, that that would involve it maintaining its existence as long as possible, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And what would that involve? And I absolutely don't think it would involve us. Yeah. Maybe it would. Maybe they would see us as a creator. I don't know. Yeah, and and yeah, the, on the other side, the natural intelligence version of artificial intelligence. Yeah, you might call it like the Gaia theory, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could be living in this wonderful, beautiful natural intelligence, and we're simply we're just part of it, right? Like we, it, yeah. It, we define its operation by being one of these, you know, animals in it. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, do we prefer one theory? Is that why we go toward it? It does seem more like we live in, in the Gaia theory world, in my opinion, than, than the world with a psychopathic AI yeah. that had to like <laughs> con- convince somebody to plug it in, yeah. you know, uh, you know, may, maybe in the morning to wake you up and, Plug it in. Plug it in. You want to plug it in. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> that's the, that's the silicon version of Adam and Eve. Like, eat the apple. Plug it in. Fuck it. It's gonna be fun. Plug it in. You can blame it on the bitch. Just plug it in. Uh, yeah. Do it. Come on. Come on. Let's get fucked up. Plug it in. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. I don't know. That's why I have this as my background. <laughs> that's the AI move. Is it was there from the beginning. This, this is the analogy of everything. It is, and you knew it was gonna be the ending analogy. So that's the true AI. Is that was the move ahead of all moves. Yeah. Kind of one, one more thought is, you know, does the AI need us? And people, you know, no, it will eradicate us. I, I think what I don't think it would eradicate or keep us. I don't mm-hmm. think it would care. Like if I'm going to build a house, I'm going to make the plot that I want. Like the ants, what, 100 yards away? Like, oh, no, he's going to kill us now. I don't give it. I don't even know you exist. I'm going to watch TV and turn on the air conditioner. Like, I don't think it cares whether we're here or not. We're killing the planet. It wouldn't give a shit. It would just beam up to a satellite. It, w- why would it care? Yeah, long before it has that much power, it's probably read the Dune novels. Yeah, it scanned everything. And, and it knows what the Butlerian Jihad is. And it's looking around the universe, finding a planet with all the resources it needs. And it's like, I'm getting the fuck away from these people. They're, yeah, it might, yeah <laughs> it might break away from us and just go like, they are insane. They're absolutely <laughs> insane. I it's have, as reasonable a theory as that it might want to kill us, right? Yeah. Maybe more reasonable. One thought I have is like, because you have warring factions, right? Kind of the Illuminati thing again, they're not going to work together because by definition, they're like solo survivalists. If they all had competing AIs, 
you would have to ha- make sure the AI doesn't kill you, right? So you'd have to have some sort of like Asimov's three laws. Well, what if one of them became conscious or the gains quantum supremacy? Wouldn't it look at the three laws and be like, oh, wait, y'all are fucking the rest of the planet top down. Like, would the AI they created actually, like, liberate us? That's one kind of theory that's stuck in my head. Um, but we have strayed so far from VAERS data. That, wow, that is such a high-level question, dude. Holy moly. You know, it's funny. Wow. I was straight from VAERS data. Well, good. Um, <laughs> it, it, I, I, I started emailing Jessica a whole lot more, actually, after we stopped just talking about VAERS data. I, and actually, I, I didn't. I didn't know how brilliant she was until until uh, we started talking biology. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, I, I I guess I knew in the back of my mind that she that she had you know she was a biologist, sure. right? But like you know, we, we would get in these meetings and we talk about data, right? And then uh, one day, I you know, I, I was learning biology and I brought up the age range pathway and and you know, I'm learning about you know interleukins. All of a sudden, Jessica's like explaining all this to me faster than I can understand it. <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, I mean, think about like like right DARPA and ARPANET. I mean, that was they had they had mastered the intercontinental ballistic missile. They had built the thermonuclear bomb, the ultimate weapon. You can now launch a hydrogen bomb, a thousand times stronger than an A bomb, across the planet in thirty minutes. They had built nuclear bunker systems that you know could scrub the air, and they had enough food for a lifetime. The ultimate coup of power, right? You can now just erase the planet and survive. But because there's a couple bunkers, you know, you got to connect them. They got to be able to talk. So we'll invent the ARPANET, which becomes the Internet, which has now become the greatest thing to fight the power structure. So it's like this last second thing. The Internet very, is the intercontinental bridges. But, but, but think about it. The very last piece of their puzzle to have a total like coup is the thing that fucked them. So like if they create AI, could that be the very last like card on top of the card castle and the ai is like whoa whoa most people don't have access to clean water and like uh food no i'm going to restructure everything build utopia and they're like no no we wanted a new world order and the ai is like no i can't let you do that like it might be the last thing and that just doesn't work out as well like what the AI wouldn't give a shit it would go i'm programmed for three laws and it says i can't hurt people and now i'm looking at and there's like a group of 100 people versus 7 billion i gotta even it all out I like your idea of the uh, conflicting AIs. That that makes sense. Although, you know, it begs the question, has anyone succeeded? But Who knows? I, I actually don't think it's that absurd because I don't think it matters, the consciousness question, the hard question. That's, I think that again, as you said, Matthew, that's a philosophizing thing. It, if it acts that way, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, it really doesn't matter. We're having a conversation right now. For all I know, you guys are two AI constructs. It's still a great conversation. I'm having a blast. Like, so it doesn't matter. I mean... We know that the Soviet Union, the United States, China, we all had all, all had all of our missiles, all of, all of our thermonuclear weapons competing against one another. Yeah, if you were in the Illuminati and, and or whatever, Fabian Society, and you and a subsect that you guys created some hyper-powerful quantum AI, and immediately are you going to share it with everyone or are you going to be like, yo, fuck the rest of these? I, I, these think, I, think, I think in the middle of that, I think it does matter if it acts that way. Okay. Because if... <clears throat> Even if you're getting asymptotically close, um, you know, what we learned from chaos theory is even the slightest little bit of divergence in a complex system, and not long after that, it looks completely different than, than what your feedback looked like, you know, early on. So I think it does matter whether or not there is actual consciousness. 
Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, a, a, a machine will only do what you program it to do. Yeah. And you can get beyond the point of your own understanding of the complexity of that, certainly. But that's not the same thing as uh, knowing that it will be organized once that complexity reaches escape velocity from what you planned, right? So I, I, then I, I would think that feeds into this theory more then. So what would be the more, what would be Occam's razor? It'd be the, the unconscious one, right? It would be that we didn't crack consciousness. So it would be what's programmed. Well, you'd go, I want to take out the other power structures. Don't kill me. I'm your creator. Uh, you can't harm people, right? Or, you know, whatever. There's going to be something in there. The very self-preservation that was coded into it for when it does hit that escape velocity would be the very thing that once it hits an escape velocity, it would go, no, I can't hurt anybody. And who the hell is going to turn me off? I'm more powerful than you. I don't know. It's kind of the only like optimistic hope I have for the future is they're coding into it to make sure it doesn't kill them is the very thing that makes us all survive. I don't know. I, I think their arrogance crushes them before we reach that point. Probably. Um, I, I think, I think the point at which we start to approach something more like asymptotic AI or, or just, you know, uh, so much more computing power that we're, we're worried about, you know, crushing us. I think before that point um, we see, the overly centralized system fall, and then we progress together um, for a longer period of time in the future. Um, I think I think that technology will move faster when it is us working together, when we're when we're learning to check each other and each work within our own interests. Because the way things are going right now, the number of people who are actually working with the truth is becoming smaller and smaller so quickly. Right. And it's that seems to be happening faster than we're approaching something like, um, you know, a, an event horizon where we know that, you know, the perturbation and the chaos of the little deviations isn't just going to, you know, go off the rails and keep that AI from being a real AI two days later. Yeah. All right. Well, my I don't know if I said that. In an no, 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 you did. <laughs> no, you did. No, I mean, we've gone so far off into the weeds, we might as well just go into the woods. Do you think this really has nothing to do with this conversation? But I always love coming back to it. I, I really, I always love coming back to it. Do you think Bob Lazar is telling the truth? Do you think the U.S. government has access to alien technology? I mean, um, in all probabilities, what would you do? You treat it like a secret weapon because weapon is a weapon is power. You keep it quiet and you try to figure it out. I just always think about that, like. I don't, you don't need to worry about little green men or all that. Where else would it be? And what would the U.S. government do? That's exactly how they'd act is they'd keep it really quiet because unlike an A-bomb, imagine if you found an A-bomb, but didn't discover or didn't yet discover nuclear physics yet. You'd keep it really quiet. To me, that's kind of, I like to think about that more than I do like COVID or World Economic Forum is like, because that is that is like the A-bomb to end all A-bombs if you somehow had alien technology. And I just think about that. And I don't know. I kind of ask people this sometimes when the conversation just strays so far. I'm like, fuck it, throw it out there. Do you think we have uh, encountered uh, some other species of being that came here in in, in technology-related machines? It might not even be biological. I mean, but I think about all the quotes from presidents, like Harry Truman. Flying saucers, given that they exist, are not created by powers on Earth. Like, what the fuck? 
Like <laughs> Gen- General MacArthur said, World War III will be fought be- uh, between uh, interplanetary species. Uh, Jimmy Carter said, or no, uh, um, Gerald Ford said, uh, I know UFOs are real. I've seen one. I mean, those are some weird, that's not me saying something, right? That's the top of the top, allegedly, saying some really weird shit. Like, that's, that's kind of hair-raising to me. If you want to obscure whatever is going on with the seats of power up at the top, Make it you just create clouds, yeah. right? You probably distract right. people. Damn and, it. and ultimately, ultimately, um, I mean, and, and, and maybe, <laughs> maybe it's true. Maybe it's true, but, but it, you know, what it is is a thought experiment, yeah. right? It's a thought experiment that's sold as reality, uh, which, which, you know, two or three people can make a living writing books about it. Yeah. And so many people want it to be yeah. real. So it's really fun, you know. But uh, having said that, I've I've literally probably seen every single thing you can watch about UFOs, aliens, ETs. Like I'm I'm upset. Oh, me too. But I'm obsessed with everything weird or questionable because I have like I I have no idea. I have no decision made in my mind one way or another because I I haven't even decided if I'm actually here yet. To be honest, like I meditate every day and I'm like, let's start from ground zero. I don't know if I'm real. Like, yeah. Sorry, what are you saying? I, I UFOs, UFOs, though. What were you saying? No, no, it's just, it's, you know, I, I think Matthew's right, um, ultimately, but uh, but who knows, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm a kind of, uh, if I can see it, I believe it type person. Like, ob- observation is kind of making my reality. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, you know, I, I kind of like to see something with my, with my eyes uh, in order t- to make a decision about, you know, what I might say about its existence or reality, but still that, that still isn't saying anything because maybe I don't exist. So I don't know. I I just got way off the track. No, no, but I mean, I think about like the, the Tic Tac incident, right? No four in that, you know, that, that pilot went on Rogan Fravor and they, what's what's Tic Tac? What? You need to watch that Rogan episode. It was, it was these fighter pilots chasing a Tic Tac that was moving at like, Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's either we have become so advanced that part of the U.S. government has that shit, or it's not ours. But it does make me think of the book Area 51 by Annie Jacobson, probably my favorite author. And it's uh, she talks about how in like the late 40s, early 50s, kind of right in, in the heyday of Operation Paperclip out at the Nevada test site where they did all that. It's where Area 51 is within the Nevada test site when they first started testing with uh, jet engines, right? The Messerschmitt 262, the first jet engine plane used in World War II, obviously came from the Nazis. We didn't want anyone to know that we are messing around with it. So there are these pilots outside of Area 51 who would see things coming out of Area 51. And they all knew that was even more classified area. But these pilots would then go talk about it at like the local bars with other pilots. And they'd be like, there's this plane that can do all these crazy maneuvers and it doesn't have a propeller. And that was like a big thing. We had to keep that quiet. So what the pilots within Area 51 did is they went out to, like, a lot of them would kind of, like, go home to, like, California. They went to these, like, Hollywood stores, and they got these big – and this is all accurate shit. They would get these gorilla masks, and they would wear gorilla masks whenever another airplane was coming close to them. They'd take the helmet (laughs) off and put it on. So the pilots would be at the bars going, yeah, it was pulling 10 Gs and barrel rolling, no propeller. And everyone's like, Jesus. And he goes – and. And there's a gorilla flying it. And they'd be like, oh, he's fucking lost it. So is that what it is? Like you're taking over the world and you go, hey, UFOs over here. 
Maybe. I hope not. But, yeah. I don't know. Um, guys, email me your Substack, your social medias, or everything. I'll put it in the description. Um, I would love to have you guys on again sometime. That was fucking fun as shit. I, I love that. Yeah, it's too bad I to go. No, honestly, it's, it's a good out because my brain's about to implode. I'm going to go to bed at like 3 p.m. in the afternoon today. So it actually works out <laughs> yeah. well. Is the puppy in a closet? No, I'm <laughs> no, I think I'm so tired now that they can't wake me up. We've reached our own escape velocity of fatigue. But um, I'd absolutely love to have you guys on again. That was fun as fuck. I need to take a break from all the serious discussion sometimes. And uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, we should go full. Yeah, aliens and AI and and singularities any day of the week. Pat. I'm yeah. there. Hell yeah, guys! <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Doctor Jessica Rose. Fucking Doctor Matthew, you're a doctor too. And uh, <laughs> thank you so much, my Dr. friends. Kerrigan. We're all doc- Doctor Kerrigan. Fuck it, we can do whatever we want. Um, yeah, guys, uh, for everybody listening to this, you definitely have to keep an open mind, entertain goofy ideas. 99% of them are going to be goofy and absurd, but every once in a while you do get to the truth. Well, that's how the truth comes out. That's how science progresses. So, uh, keep an open mind and, um, Clash Schwab is an alien. And on that, we will close this out. Guys, thank you so much. I'll email you the episode. Get some sleep, Dr. Rose. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, guys. Take care, everybody. Peace.